Hi, I'm Jordan Laurel, and welcome to my show where we make the human experience magical through mental health, mindset, and manifestation. My story is one of radical transformation and rebirth. From depressed, disempowered, and dependent to flourishing within an incredible life I've created, this podcast is me sharing my process of overcoming and creating a magical human experience to help support you as you do the same. Tune in every Monday to feel empowered through stories, wisdom, and lots of super practical tips. Because I am proof, you can change your entire life and manifest a life beyond your wildest dreams. Welcome to the Magical Human Experience Podcast. Welcome back to the podcast, friends. I'm really excited for you guys to hear today's episode. Even just listening back and editing it, I was just, I needed to hear it, especially where we get into talking about moving our emotions, feeling our emotions, accepting them. It's just so good. It's so applicable for day-to-day life, especially when you're going through something. And I'm so excited for you guys to listen. I think you're going to get so much out of it. And just for you to get to know Scout better, I so today's guest is Scout Sobel. And I just, I love this woman so much. I first discovered her and I share a bit about how and our story and everything in the podcast um, last summer, I believe. And she, I started listening to her podcast and then connected with her, hired her to coach me on how to launch a podcast. And she has just been so instrumental in this podcast being here today in me believing in myself enough to do it, um, as well as just I've learned so much from her in terms of emotions and handling emotions. She is she's a mom. She's an entrepreneur. She has her own agency called Scouts Agency. They run podcast tours. Uh, she has two podcasts of her own, one with her sister, one separately. She has a book. She has a new little baby that is so precious and beautiful, a husband, a beautiful home in San Diego. And she is really just such a thought leader and is adding so many amazing things to the conversation surrounding mental health right now, uh, just in terms of how much power is actually in our hands even when we have mental health struggles, there's still stigma surrounding mental health and mental health struggles, which I hope even just this conversation today helps to continue the fight to dismantle those because we should never, ever have to deal with a stigma on top of already how difficult it is to struggle with mental health. Um, But she is just adding so much to the conversation and really helping people realize the power that they still have even with mental health struggles, like there is still so much that we can do and that is in our control to support ourselves and heal ourselves and help ourselves. And I just love that she is spreading this message so much online. It's really needed because while yes, these things are not our fault and we chat about this in the podcast, um, we also do have much more of a say than big pharma and a lot of very well-meaning experts in psychology and mental health would lead us to believe. And so I just love, I mean, you guys know I'm so passionate about helping us all realize and step into our power and create lives that we are truly, truly so excited about and love, but also that we feel stable within and that we feel we are, (laughs) we are creating and leading and not just, you know, being a victim and having things happen to us. So 
I just loved our conversation as it was empowering with lots of lots of thoughts on all of these things, but also a lot of practical things that you can take away and apply and hopefully support yourself in feeling just more safe in your emotions, which is kind of one of her taglines that she is queen of uh, just learning how to learning how to handle emotions and feel safe in them because we can't we can't avoid them or escape them or heal our way out of them but we can be in our power knowing how to handle them and work with them and move through them this week's episode is sponsored by manifestation mindset mastery which is my signature one-on-one coaching program and I am just I've just been so excited seeing growth in past and current clients in their lives and what they're creating and calling in from our work together. And I'm so excited to share with you that I do have availability this summer. If you are interested in one-on-one coaching, if you're looking for support in helping to identify and overcome the things that are holding you back and blocking you, you're ready to soar. You're ready to step into your power. You're ready to create a version of yourself and your life that you are so excited about. You're ready to see the magic in your day-to-day life the synchronicity because you're open to it and you're viewing things through the proper lens that allows you to work with the universe, create with the universe, see the universe moving for you. And you're just, you're ready for change. You're ready for the support and the accountability that I bring to the table in my coaching containers. And you're ready for encouragement too. I love, love being in my client's corner and cheering them on and helping them see their progress, see the results, see how they are growing, see how things are shifting for them because it can be so easy to get stuck in our own lives and just you know, it's kind of like when you're building muscle, you're going to the gym. It's really hard to see the progress because you're living in your body, you're seeing it every day. But when you have somebody who is there for you, outside of you who's able to see more clearly it can be so impactful especially in terms of the speed and the extent to which you are growing and making shifts and changing and expanding into your next level self so if that sounds like something that you are ready for and interested in you can book a discovery call with me the link is down in my show notes or you can shoot me an email if you want to chat before doing that my email is also in my show notes and I would just absolutely love to support you in your journey in becoming your next level self and creating a version of yourself and your life that you are wildly obsessed with Before we dive into the episode, this week's magic is the Do Not Disturb Cream from The Feelist. I have been obsessed with this lotion since, oh my gosh, maybe 2019, 2020, early 2020, somewhere in there is when I first tried it out and I am obsessed. It smells so good first and foremost. You guys know I love aromatherapy, hence one of the last things on last week's episode, which if you missed it, it was 11 wellness hacks slash loves right now in my life. Um, A lot of them were very simple practical tips uh, or just things that you can incorporate into your life that personally have helped me really feel better and when I feel better I do better I show up better Um, some of them help you look better which also leads to feeling better all lots of good vibes Um, but I'm very into aromatherapy it really does it for me when I'm applying lotion or skincare or whatever and it just smells really good this one smells so relaxing I feel like I'm at a spa and to top it all off it has 500 milligrams of CBD in it and I have tested this I have a bit of a shoulder injury 
that like comes and goes randomly. And when I put it on that, it definitely helps with the pain for like an hour or two. It's not super long lasting, but it does give you relief pretty quickly. And yeah, it's sometimes exactly what I need to be able to fall asleep and not have my shoulder bothering me. So highly recommend if you have any aches or pains as well. And it's also very moisturizing. It absorbs really well. It leaves your skin feeling super hydrated for a long time. So it's just all around a absolute love of mine. It has been for a while and I was just enjoying it and feeling grateful for it this week and thought it would be perfect for this week's magic. So I will have that linked in the show notes and would love if you try it to let me know how you like it. All right, now let's dive into my conversation with Scout. Welcome to the podcast, Scout. Oh my gosh, I've been looking forward to this. I feel like we need this. I feel like time has led us up to this. I know. I know. We, we really, we still have not gotten to meet in person. I feel like we're so aligned and just in terms of mindset, uh, some of the stuff our content talks about, but just, I felt such a connection with you ever since we met, but especially because if you guys, you guys probably don't know this, but Scout does podcast coaching and she actually was my podcast coach and helped me figure out like what the heck is a jingle and how do you create a trailer and what's supposed to be in that and just really and help me get clarity on what I wanted my podcast to be about and just yeah so this is such a full circle moment to just have you on here and have a conversation I know that was really fun I loved how we got into one of my favorite parts of that process moving through that process with you was figuring out the wording behind the podcast, like what was the theme? What was the intention? What was the branding behind it? Cause like, sure. Like the logistical stuff matters because you have to get the fucking podcast up and running, but it was exciting to walk through like, but what does this mean to you? Or what do you want to put out into the world as this next step? Yeah. You really helped me get clarity and helped like pull out of me the stuff that was like, I just had all this stuff and you just helped get it out of me, but then help me like come up with like a clear vision, which was so helpful. Cause I was just, it's already overwhelming, you know, to, to think about starting a podcast and put yourself out there in a bigger and more vulnerable way. Um, and so I just, it was so helpful and I felt so supported as well. Well, you're a natural. I've been listening to your podcast. You're so good. You're like, you make it seem very, very easy. So I'm you, you like, what's the word? You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Uh, I, I appreciate you saying that. I know it. And it's something I always am like affirming back to myself, but sometimes you can, yeah, you can just get, life can get to you and you can be like, am I really doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I like making this all up in my head? And so I appreciate hearing it for, especially for. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I know those moments. Like we all have those moments. They're crazy. They, I feel like that specific narrative on our head can talk us out of so many things that we're meant for, you know, it's like, you always have to fact check that narrative. Yeah. Yeah. And you help me do that through our coaching and you just, you do that so much in general, like with your content for women, um, which is why I was so excited as well to have you on the podcast. Um, so for those of you listening, I found scout through, she has a, an agency that does podcast tours. And now mm-hmm. on how to create your own podcast tour, which is so exciting. And she reached out and I didn't really feel I was ready for it yet. I did, was like, I don't know what I'm promoting aside from just like my social media. And I'm like, I want to have more stuff before I'm ready to do something like that. Um, but I just felt so connected to you. And I started listening to not your podcast that you're probably most known for, uh, OK, Sis, but your personal podcast called The Emotional Entrepreneur, which you also have a book on, right? called it's called yeah. the entrepreneur as well yeah 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 
Okay. And yeah. And so I just, I was resonating so much with your content on emotions, mental health, manifestation, like all of that stuff. And, um, so I just, I felt, and I felt that through your content, the same way I felt it through your coaching, just the, the support emotionally, which is so why I'm so excited to talk about this on the podcast. Like it is one of the number one things in, you know, anything we do in life, we have to learn how to emotionally support ourselves through things. And it's oftentimes like such a big part of what holds us back from what we want to achieve. Yeah. I mean, when I started my business scouts agency over four years ago, it was, you know, and I come from like a mental health background. I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder. I've like done the whole therapy, psychiatry, inpatient, outpatient world, the clinical part of mental, mental health. And when I started my business, I was like, holy shit, this is so emotional. Like I have so much anxiety. I have so much fear. My narrative is telling me I can't do this. Like my thoughts are against me. I have doubt, all these things. And I recognized that very early on, I was like, oh, I know so many women who have dreams of being an entrepreneur or who have dreams of starting X, Y, and Z. And the reason they don't do it is not because they don't have the resources, not because they don't have the education and not because they don't have the money most of the times. They aren't because of their emotions. They're not doing it because they're afraid or they're anxious. Like that people don't necessarily talk about how much our emotional landscape or uncomfortable emotions really, really hold us back on our path towards fulfillment, on our path towards our purpose, on our path towards our big dream life. And I was like, oh, well, you know, I've been a fucking practitioner of my emotions since I was like four years old. And so I recognize that being successful in business is not like a marketing game. It's not a PL game. It's not a strategy game. It really, really, really is emotional. It's all about your emotions. Yeah. So that's like, that's really when I realized that in order for me to succeed in business, I was going to have to get a handle on my anxiety or my fear or my money mindset, all of the limiting self-doubt things down to like who I tell my ideas to. It's a whole emotional initiation, becoming an entrepreneur. And then every level that your business grows, it's another emotional initiation. I'm, I'm in one right now. It's fucking brutal, I'll be honest. Um, but it's just what business does. Us. like it mirrors back what you have to work on and so if you aren't in a place to trust your emotions or feel safe in them or be resilient within them it's not that your cash flow is gonna swallow you whole or it's not that your like payroll taxes are gonna you know hurt you it's really your emotional landscape that's gonna make or break a successful or not entrepreneur yeah yeah and I used to it's so funny I used to just beat myself up as to why before I really understood emotions and just how to have a relationship with myself. But, um, I used to beat myself up, like, why can't you just do this? Why can't you just do that? You know? And it's like, that's why it's because emotions, they're such a huge part of who we are. And I feel like the emotional work that goes into leveling up, um, in any area of life, but especially like with business stuff, like it's, personally, I think just as hard, if not harder than some of the practical skills that you have to learn, which can also be hard, you know? Yeah. You know, I think as the entrepreneur, the CEO, or whatever you want to, you know, the owner, the founder, whatever you want to identify with, I really believe your business grows to the proportionate, to the proportion that you're willing to take on uncomfortable emotions. I mean, I think my team sees me as a very nice and uh, sometimes chill, but also sometimes like in my personal power, revved up 
person. Um, but what goes on behind the scenes of when I walk into this office and when I walk out of this office is completely taking care of my emotional landscape and completely checking in to my body and how it feels or what do I need to take care of myself or how much risk am I willing to take? How much discomfort can I feel in pursuit of a larger vision? And so while being an entrepreneur is hands down the best thing I have ever done, could ever do and should be doing, um, sometimes I, I don't know, I'm in a weird place. So let's see what comes out this week. But, you know, I, I try to say it at the mountaintops, what's it called at the whatever on the roof? Yeah, I yeah. try to tell people like how hard this path is. And I know I am guilty of um, adding to the glamorization and the commodification of entrepreneurship. I have a whole book written about it. I, I have podcasts about it. Um, but don't underestimate when someone tells you that it's hard. Mm -hmm. um, it's really hard. It's like, I got to dig inside and find some morsel personal power and self-belief that I know is in there, but I just can't see sometimes because my emotions are at the forefront. Mm -hmm. It is a constant 24 seven surveillance of balancing your current responsibilities with your future dreams or your manifestations with the realities of running a business. It's like a constant emotional and energetic up-level and upgrade. And sure, I'm sure some people start businesses and they're like, they, they, they master a level and they chill there for a second. I don't know why I'm a masochist and why I have to keep going up a level and a level and a level all the time. <laughs> um, it's so easy though to always, like, I think that is human nature to always want to grow and evolve and do more and be more and achieve more. But yes, the balance is so important because you can't, Oh my God, I was just talking about this last week. And it's something I'm working on so much with myself. Um, yeah. it's, you can't not be grateful for where you're at, present, receiving, enjoying. Like it's a very fine balance between the two. Yeah. And you know, I'm notorious for being so grateful and so present and so intentional and just loving my life. And I don't know if it's the fact that I got COVID a couple weeks ago or if it's the fact that... I have an eight month baby girl and I'm still calibrating to my new reality. But I've noticed in the past couple of days that I've lost a little bit of that connection to my gratitude practice. Like I've lost, like I'm looking around depressed. I don't know. We'll have to check in later. I'll let you know. I've lost a little bit of that sparkle that I've had. And I usually have it like all day, every day. I'm like, I like, I don't eat mushrooms. I like sit and cry at God's like amazingness around me. I'm like, oh my God, the universe, you know? Um, and that's saying a little bit for me lately. And so it's something I'm like actively checking in on. Like this morning, I was just, let me just write down everything I'm grateful for. Like all the little things, because I've built such an incredible life. Like it's pretty wild what I've been able to build in four or five years. So yeah, I guess this is just an invitation to jump back into that practice a little more and to like be self-aware enough to know that I've jumped off the horse in that area a little bit. I think it's normal too. Like, I, cause I, I, I'll sometimes catch myself beating myself up. I feel like I was off of that train for a little bit. And then, um, just like things happened in life. And I was like, Oh, wait a second. Like, girl, let's get back to the basics here. You have a roof over your head. 
you have food on the yeah. table. Like just sometimes I needed just some something, whether it be seeing something in the news or something happening to me, um, that helps me just like tune back in and be like, wait a second, like, let's get grateful again. But I think it's so easy. Sometimes it's just busyness, right? Like just having so many other things pulling at your attention. And especially you are up leveling so quickly, you are doing work in those areas too. It's like, we only have so much focus and attention to put on so many things at once. Totally, totally. And it's like such a lie, you know, when you get unplugged from that sense of gratitude and when you get unplugged from that sense of being super um, in awe and in celebration of what you have today. Like anytime I can't connect to that emotion, I know that I'm in a lie. Like I know that my current feeling or the way I'm processing my life is a lie because the truth is always the beauty of what you have. The truth is always the confidence and the personal power and the gratitude and the blessings. Like that's the truth. When we're in that zone, we're in the truth of life. And so anytime I'm not in that zone, I'm just like, oh yeah, I'm in a lie today. And it's not real. Like this isn't, this isn't real. This is not reality. I'm not looking at this the right way. And that gives me comfort, you know, to know that this isn't the norm that one should be in. This is like, as you said, you're probably distracted or busy or whatever. That's the way I always view it. Or, or no, I, I love that you put that as a lie because I definitely was finding myself being like, I need to have this income to feel stable or, and it was keeping me from feeling grateful for what I had. Um, So it definitely is sometimes that we, we think we need something or we think we need um, uh, and this is so huge with manifestation stuff, like a partner to feel fulfilled. And it's like, no, it's like you feeling fulfilled in your current life is what's going to magnetize that to you. Uh, the, that, that, that feeling like you need it actually ends up pushing it away. <laughs> and then that's yeah. actually for me when I'm kind of like, oh wait, yeah, I, I actually should be grateful for what I have now. I have abundance now here and now or love here and now. And that helps check me out of the lie. Yeah. Manifestation is so, I'm so happy we're talking about it because I've for myself with manifestation is like there's so many people out there who talk about how to manifest and what the steps are in manifesting and there are different teachers out there and I've really noticed that the the basic laws of manifestation that you can create your own reality and you can manifest things into your life and you can create your dream life and all the things on your vision board etc like that principle is true across the board and yet different people's teachings or different people's methods or different people's way of talking about it doesn't necessarily serve all of us so I actually tried on someone else's version of manifestation that I haven't normally done and this year and it totally backfired like totally backfired and I was like wait, how did I not even get close to this manifestation? And then I recognized that it's not manifestation. It was this person's method that just did not work for me. Like it didn't work for me. Like it didn't feel good in the process. It made me obsessive over it. It made me control. It made me get in my head about it. It made me doubt if I just like, you know what I'm saying? Like it got me to in the weeds. And then I had to take a step back and I was like, wait, I'm a really good manifester. What happened here? Like I didn't even fucking hit the mark. I wasn't even close. And I recognize that just because people talk about manifestation and their way of manifesting doesn't mean that it always works for everybody. There's specific manifestors, there's non-specific manifestors. There's manifestors who need to write things out. There's some who need to, there's some who need to visualize. There's some who need to use positive affirmations. There's some who need to say it and put it in a drawer and be like, it'll come true eventually, you know? Yeah. So it was such a, 
it was so cool. It, you know, it hurt in the moment. And I was like, is all this shit real? What's going on? And I was like, <laughs> oh, everyone's so individualized. And I veered off my normal course that works for me. And now I know that that aggressive way of manifesting just like doesn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I love that you're saying that because, well, because the steps, the whole point of all the steps is to get you believing and feeling and living and embodying, right? The mm-hmm. thing that you're calling in. It's kind of like if you boil it down, it's like about a belief and embodiment, which includes feeling and vibration and all that. So it's it makes sense totally. And I n- now that you're saying this, I'm thinking of it and like, wait, this is also why some people's things have not worked for me. They did get me more in scarcity or more chasing or me, or uh, this is a huge one for me, uh, being too passive. I'm realizing like, I can't be, for me, it doesn't work to be that, that passive with certain things like business stuff. Like I need to be taking inspired action and proactive there. Whereas, which is a more masculine energy, but then in other areas I can just think it and it just like appears. Um, yeah. so it's very interesting. It's, it's, it depends on, I guess that the way the manifestation can come, it depends on your yeah. feminine versus masculine energy. I don't know. I'm playing around with that a little bit. No, for sure. This makes a lot of sense. And this is great to chat about because I'm in my masculine for most of the time. Like my manifestations are usually around my masculine. So like business, it's usually around business, my manifestations. I like don't have a hobby. So when I think about it, like I'm in my masculine so much. So if I take a manifestation approach that puts me more into my masculine, then I go into control. Then mm-hmm. I go into needs to work. Then I go into obsession, right? And so actually, I'm just realizing this right now, manifestation is a much more feminine approach for me, where it's like, I don't need to write a million post-it notes and script every single night and meditate every single morning on the thing and put it as my phone screen and like say it to myself a million bajillion bajillion times and have like a very limited view of what that manifestation is. So like this one that I tried was like, put a date that you want, put the amount that you want, put this, whatever. And I was like, that created of like um obsession and I needed to control and I was like I don't make this much money by this fucking day my manifestation sucks and I don't believe I'm worthy of it like all of that I was like no that's not serving anyone but some people that works for right so because I'm just so in my masculine around my manifestations that I would do better with a more passive approach and being a little bit more in my receptivity and my like feminine just trust and faith and surrender I think that's what I need to add more into my practice Mm-hmm. And that, that energy, um, I find I'm like, especially with business stuff, when I'm, I'm staying more in that energy, when I am just doing uh, inspired actions regularly throughout the day that sometimes are not related to anything else, but it's just staying in your life, which I guess goes back to like, yeah. and the gratitude. I'm not, I'm not so focused on making it happen. I'm kind of just like taking inspired action throughout the day with whatever feels aligned and feels right. And so it is kind of more feminine than I guess the energy I'm holding towards the thing. Yeah. And it's like trusting that it's trusting that energy. Right. So when the energy tells you to go take a bath in the middle of the day, you should probably listen and go take a bath in the middle of the day. You know, these things, yeah. it's hard because I think for people like me, we want to do the one plus one equals two, right? Especially when you're in business and you have employees and you have officer and you have responsibilities, you want that one plus one equals two. But mm-hmm. when it comes to manifestation or what, what I like to call just my desire in general, I've always been really good at trusting my desires and investing in my desires without necessarily 
a calculated plan as to how they will bring the investment back to me or the ROI back to me. It's when I trust that energy, like that inspired action, when I trust the desires, when I trust the pings of like, ooh, a walk outside would feel really good right now, even though I technically should send this email. If you can get used to trusting those little moments, those little like, that's what that's what they mean when they say like the universe is talking to you, right? It's getting in touch with what would feel good in your body in that moment, regardless of whether that makes rational sense or not within your day. I think this maybe could be though a really great segue to kind of go into some of the emotional stuff and being safe in your emotions though and healing and mental health. Because for me, I am building this trust more and more, but I feel like that has paralleled me healing more and more because for me, inspired action sometimes three or four years ago was when I was stressed having wine or like there's, there was definitely like escapism, coping, numbing. So my desire sometimes before I really did a lot of healing work and learned how to hold emotion, process emotion, sometimes they weren't healthy things. And so that's kind of, that's why I think this work is so, so important. Cause I think when you do start doing the healing work, you actually are having healthy desires and you actually can trust your desires. And I think that's where sometimes people get confused or off track is when they maybe haven't done that. And so their, their, their desire is to escape the emotion, the negative emotion, which ends up being self-sabotage sometimes. So I don't know, what are your thoughts on all of that? That's an excellent, excellent point. And I think that when it comes to that, when you're confused and you're like, well, my desire is to have a glass of wine or to, you know, play video games all night or to whatever it is, right. Go to the bar, whatever it is. I think that like, let's just be real for a second. Like we all rationally know those are not good decisions. Mm-hmm. Like we rationally know those are not good decisions. And mm-hmm. so if your body is telling you to do something that's not a healthy decision, that's not going to benefit your tomorrow, is if your desire is not benefiting your tomorrow, but rather promoting a level of escapism or a band-aid real quick, it's having the self-discipline and the self-control and the self-awareness to in that moment say there is something underlying here that is making me want to check out. There is something underlying here that is making me want to numb this feeling. And that's not to mean you can't have a glass of wine randomly when you're having a, a, you know, overwhelming day. I've personally like pretty much stopped drinking, which is crazy to think about. Um, But it's about not letting your brain rationalize your decisions. And the way you can do that is by asking, is this good for me tomorrow? Mm. Is asking this emotion good for me tomorrow? No. Is eating this food good for me tomorrow? No. Is staying up really late good for me tomorrow? No. And so that's a really good way to kind of bypass the confusion that you might feel in your body or bypass the rationality that your brain's going to want because they want the dopamine hit real quick. And if it's not good for your tomorrow, it's probably not the right decision. And that's actually not what your deepest desire is. Your deepest desire is to feel safe. That's mm-hmm. what it is. And having a glass of wine or staying up late or binging Netflix or scrolling on TikTok mindlessly, sure, it might make you feel safe in that moment. It's the really easy way to feel safe immediately, mm-hmm. but it's going to give your tomorrow a worse or found or a worse or a worse foundation to stand upon than you were in this moment. So how can you make decisions that are going to benefit your future self? even though it might be uncomfortable today. And if you continuously do that in your life, what's going to happen is that when an uncomfortable emotion comes up, 
you can say to yourself, oh, I've been here before. I have the evidence that I moved through this. I know what to do. I've tried a bunch of tools. I know which ones work for me. And I'm going to implement it. And I know what this looks like. I know it's going to be uncomfortable for a couple hours tonight. And then I'll wake up tomorrow and I'll feel better. Or I'll wake up in two days and I'll feel better. And so once you can kind of get to that point, that's when you start attending to your emotional needs in the moment. Yeah. Yeah. I love, well, I love that. Oh, I have so much to say. I love that you talked about dopamine because I was actually just reading up about this and it's so, in- it's, it's so true and so interesting that um, a lot of us don't understand the difference between dopamine and serotonin and serotonin things that give you serotonin are things that actually typically are good for your future self. And it is long lasting versus dopamine is that quick hit immediate hit that leaves you wanting more and more. It's not serotonin has more of a feeling of contentment to it. Um, and so like knowing the difference and, and being able to think of, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot lately. It's like, what, what would be most loving and serving to future me, um, to yeah. me tomorrow, to me next week. Yeah. And I think you're right. That's such a great, that's, that's where you want to come back to with a lot of these decisions, but it's so much easier when you feel safe in your emotions or you know how to feel safe in your emotions. And I'd, I'd love for you to explain for everyone listening, like how, what, what does that mean to you? And what are your practices for feeling safe in your emotions? Yeah. So I think that with my mental health journey for so long, you want to actually share some of your story maybe? Oh, sure. Sure. I'll go through it real quick. Cause it's long. Okay. Um, I had my first depressive episode at 14 I was placed into therapy. I went really up and down in high school, but um, they weren't sure if it was hormones or if it was an actual mental health disorder. And so I went to therapy like twice a month throughout all of high school. But then it wasn't until I left for college, my parents got divorced. I moved away, that I started uh, losing touch with reality. So I started getting extreme paranoia. I felt that men were following me home in my closet under my bed, um, waiting to harm and kill me. And so I would plan escape routes. And so once I started recognizing that my mind was exiting reality and I couldn't rationally like tell myself this wasn't real, like I couldn't tell my body this wasn't real, that's when we recognized that something bigger was happening. And so that's really when therapy got a little bit more intensive. I started meeting with psychiatrists and um family realized this wasn't teenage hormone, thought there was something bigger happening. And so at the age of 20, I was formally diagnosed with bipolar disorder type two, which was now almost 12 years ago, which just to give you a little context, there was no podcast, there was no Instagram, there wasn't like a mental health thought leader that I could talk to. I really felt done for and crazy. And so I was on the next flight home from college. I dropped out of college and, um, went on a really wild ride of a million different psych medicines that didn't work for me. Um, but oftentimes, unfortunately made me worse. I was, uh, 5150 and went through an inpatient program and I went through two outpatient programs and, um, my therapist and doctors did not think that I would be able to function in society. And, um, I found, uh, entrepreneurship though at the age of 22 and suddenly I found something that mirrored the ups and downs of my mind because business is very up and down and um, when I would you know work an internship or be a barista I would quit everything that I ever started but when all of the responsibility was on my shoulders I didn't quit I showed up so I found a vehicle for success in this world but it didn't come quite easily to me because I was actively trying to heal while I was actively trying to build my life at the same time. 
I always say that mental illness is so difficult because there isn't like, there isn't a path. There's no, you know, we have sober living in the rooms, the 12 steps, the sponsor. And so I was, you know, my husband's sober, which is why I use that example. So I was really floundering and doing it alone. And um, it took a long time and I got myself to the point where I could function and start a successful business finally after five different businesses that I couldn't make work. Um, I started Scouts Agency and um, I knew that if I actually wanted to be successful in business, I would have to get my emotions under control. I was not going to be able to actually follow through with this type of responsibility. And I knew that I had the potential for a bright future. And so I started taking my emotional um, health very, very seriously. And I started recognizing that the reason I was, I, I recognized that I was really afraid of my mental illness. Like I was afraid I was going to get depressed and then like my whole world would be wiped out and like I'd be down and then my business would get taken away from me, et cetera. And it was in those moments that I recognized that the narrative that I was given was that you can't control this. You can't control the chemical imbalance in your brain. It's not your fault while comforting in the moment did me more harm in the long haul because they didn't teach me what is in my control and what is in my control is how I respond to the emotion I might not have a choice that the emotion shows up in the first place but I do have control over how I respond to it and all suffering comes from when you fight an emotion with the same emotion so if you get anxious about the anxiety depressed about the depression sad about the sadness angry about the anger and I recognized that I was not feeling safe within my disorder. Therefore, I was not feeling safe in my emotions. Mm. And that's where most of my suffering was coming from. And so I worked really hard to reverse that belief system. And I started playing around with what would it feel like if I told myself that I was safe in my emotions? Because technically I was, because I'd survived every emotion up until that point and today, right? So technically I was safe. It might not feel great, but I was safe. And so... At this point, you know, I went off medication um, summer of 2020, and it was really when um, early 2020, I was thinking about having a baby, and they told me that I finally found a medication that I liked, and they told me that um, they didn't think that I could handle pregnancy without medication because my disorder was too severe. And so I um, had an appointment to get a surrogate. Aww. And that's when I realized that people were telling me things that were limiting and people were telling me things that kept me feeling unsafe. And I made the decision that that's not my power. So with the help of a lot of reprogramming and with the help of empowering thoughts and empowering beliefs. I got off medication and I um, started my fertility journey and conceived my daughter naturally off medicine and had her. And um, it's not to knock medicine or anything like that. I believe it has a time and a place, but um, yeah, you know, sometimes people tell you that or tell you that your situation is clinical or tell you that your emotions are too great to bear, um, but it's just not true. It, Pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. And I've lived my life not allowing myself to add fuel to my emotional state and knowing that I can I can walk through it because I'm here talking to you, which means I have walked through every single challenging moment. 
Wow. It's so beautiful. And I, I couldn't resonate more with everything that you've said as well in terms of just realizing, um, you know, I was diagnosed with depression and anxiety when I was at an eating disorder clinic about 12, 15 years ago, 13. Yeah. Somewhere in there. Um, and Mm -hmm. you know, there is this narrative that it's like, you are like helpless and like, and it, it is comforting to know that like this, you know, it's, it's not your fault. Um, but it's limiting to like that messaging is so limiting. Like I have literally transformed myself through transforming my mind, through healing, through learning how to handle my emotions. And I am incredibly stable within myself from that work to the point where, you know, yes, I'll experience sadness or, you know, depression or anxiety or things from time to time, but I am able to handle it. And I actually believe, I believe in my ability to handle it. And I think like that is kind of your message. Like we can handle these hard things. Yeah. You and I are so aligned in that. I mean, what used to take me out for three months now takes me out for three days, you know, like it's, and it's, it's so kind of elusive. I don't know if you feel this way, like, because I know people listen and they feel sort of stuck and they're like, okay, well, what are the steps? And it's always like, there's no like prescriptive path. It's just like a daily commitment to show up and read things that feel good and listen to things that feel good and try different tools on. It really, really is such a personal trial and error journey. But I think the people who, or I know the people who reach success with this type of work are the people who are committed no matter how uncomfortable it feels. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, just, and just from what you were saying earlier, I think one of the biggest things though, that maybe is the starting point is acceptance. Um, Like not getting anxious about anxiety, like that's pushing it away and fighting it. Um, I've found so much power in, and acceptance in everything. Not that I don't ever do my part to shift out of negative feelings or change my reality or, you know, do something about, I do, do take massive action to get out of things that I'm not wanting, whether it be a relationship or a lifestyle or an emotion, but I think accepting it first and, you know, is coming back to knowing that you can handle it. Cause you're right. Like we've handled everything that's happened to us thus far. Um, we, I think mm-hmm. we can get that. Um, we can handle discomfort. Um, that maybe is the, the, the starting point for anybody where, you know, after that, maybe it is different tools that work for different people or different, um, solutions or whatever they need to work through things. Yeah. It's just accepting, that life is emotional. I think sometimes like when we heal, we're like, I'm doing this so I can never feel this way again. And it's like, you're going to feel that way again. Like you're just going to feel super down. You're going to hit another rock bottom. You're going to feel anxious again. You're going to feel sad. You're going to feel depressed. You're going to feel grief. We can't run from those things. And so once you accept that and you're not in a fight against what life is, I think then you can start to get creative and find a way that feels good for you, that opens your life up and actually brings you closer to your dream life. Um, that helps you, you know, what's the word? Manage your emotional landscape so that you can start living the life that you want versus just fighting the natural laws of what it means to be a human. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think we, we at, I, at least I've personally sometimes had that idea that like, it's possible to not have these ups and downs, but no, it, the end goal is to not have the ups and downs. The end goal is to feel safe within the ups and downs and know how to still create joy and um, be stable within yourself and still enjoy your life and experience. Yes. 
Yes. And you know, the, the downs will come less frequently because you'll get a better muscle to deal with them for sure. You're not going to be like in the dumps forever just being like, this is life. It does. But I think that most of our um, inability to progress forward with our healing is just a simple non-acceptance of what being a human is. And I know it's not fair. We can have a whole conversation about how much it sucks. But at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, is that belief serving me? And is it propelling my life forward? Or is it keeping me in a state of resistance? Because one of my favorite lines is what you resist persists. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. What do you do when you're finding yourself resisting your emotions or do you just not because you're like you're you've developed such a strong practice for handling emotions no I mean I, I resist a lot of things that are like human law <laughs> human nature um I I know what that feels like in my body now and it just doesn't feel good um but I also know better that when an emotion comes to the surface there's no way once it gets there to ignore it or to suppress it or to bypass it so when I'm feeling, you know, angry or frustrated or, you know, I hate using this word, but, you know, like low vibe, low frequency, you know what I'm trying to say, um, in the ego, like really in the ego, um, it's permission to allow that to move through you. Like if you need to call a friend screaming, ask if they can hold space for you, if they can call a friend screaming. And if you need just to vent and not worry about your language and not worry about how you sound, you need to hit a pillow. If you need to dance as loud as you can to, I don't fuck with you, that song, that's what I've been on. If you need to, whatever you need to do, like you need to move the emotion. You can't just rationally be like, oh yeah, that's not great. I'm resisting it. I should move on. But you got it. Once it's there, we got to move it. So I'm really big on moving energy, whether it's journaling, whether you know, doing an embodiment session and dancing as hard as you can, whether it's punching the air, whether it's punching a pillow, whether it's screaming into a pillow, um, check in and see what feels good with your body, but you've got to move that energy. You can't just like rationally, you know, think it out of your body. Yeah, uh, totally. Cause it's like, you know, I, and I, I was talking about this on Instagram uh, a couple weeks back, but it's like, there's, there's nothing wrong with being low vibe with being negative, with being angry. Like there's nothing wrong with that. But I know when I let myself stay stuck in that state, especially when I stay stuck in like being angry at somebody or not forgiving somebody, I just am not, I'm not putting out good energy and I'm not getting good energy back. Like we do get back what we put out, um, to a very large degree. And so like, it's, I've just gotten to the point where it is, it kind of is telling my ego to like sit down and, you know, take a step back. Cause I'm like, this is not serving me or my future self to stay stuck here. Um, and so totally like getting it, expressing it for me is huge. And, um, a lot of times it's to my journal. Sometimes it is to a friend, but just, you got to get it out. (laughs) You can't keep it. You have to get it out. Yeah. One of my mentors said, go to tea with the dragon. So if the dragon is your anger or your depression or your anxiety, like you go to tea with it. But when you go to tea with someone, you're like, you know, you have an appointment from three to four and then tea is done. Yeah. So make that time thing. Like my last thing that I was just like in my ego and pissed off about, I was like, okay, this, this one's pretty loud. Like ego needs to talk for a second. So I'm actually, I felt into it. I was like, I'm going to give it three days. I'm going to give it three days to throw the tantrum. I'm going to, I'm going to let it feel good. I'm going to feed it. I'm going to be like, you're fucking right. That sucks. They wronged us. Blah, 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 blah. I'm going to give it what it needs. I'm going to let it have its moment. I'm going to cry. I'm going to scream. I'm going to do all the things. So I felt like I needed more than just like an hour or two. I was like, oh no, I need days to move this one. But come this date, 
it's done. It's over. That's it. You have to put a time frame to feeling that emotion because if you don't, what ends up happening is that you wallow in it and you dwell in it. And that's when you get stuck. And that's when you can't come back up for air. Yeah. So give it what it needs and treat that time sacredly. Like don't be passive about it. Right. Like if you're going to feel anxiety for an hour, why don't you fucking feel that anxiety for an hour? Like hold on to your chair, tell yourself you're safe, close your eyes and feel it. Right. Really let it move through you because once it does, and once it's released and once tea with the dragon is over, you can move on. I love that. How, how do you tie this into like law of assumption and manifestation and stuff like that? Like, you know, I think there's a problem with the whole belief conversation Mm -hmm. and that we're afraid to think things or feel things that aren't in direct correlation to what we want our new beliefs to be. And that if we think something or feel something that is not in equilibrium with our new empowering belief that we have not reprogrammed our subconscious properly and we do not believe we are worthy of that thing. Mm. And I want to just like take a load off, Mm -hmm. like just take a load off. If you are 80% in your empowerment, you're over 50% in your empowerment, right? You're doing a really fucking good job. There's no world where all of our thoughts and all of our beliefs and all of our emotions and all of our actions completely align with the new belief system that we want to feel worthy and deserving of a certain outcome. It's like there just isn't perfectionism on manifestation. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfectionism on manifestation. And there's no like real metric as to if we actually believe we're worth something. Like where, who's, who's telling us if we actually like, for example, one of my big manifestations didn't come true this year. And the first thing I thought was, oh, I must not believe I'm worthy of this. I must not have reprogrammed my subconscious enough. I didn't work on my belief system. I let other things seep into my subconscious. And it's like, no, maybe, but also maybe life happened. Like maybe manifestation isn't a perfect science. But not doing manifestation leads to a life that's unexpressed and unfulfilled. We are not that powerful and we are that powerful. We can't just think if we do the tools and we do the reprogramming and we stay in the vibe and we embody it, then it will come true. The same way that I was terrified the guy with a gun was going to kill me and that's the fucking frequency I embodied for a year, that didn't come true, mm-hmm. right? Like. We're powerful and we're not. We're not powerful and we are. And so what I've really kind of leaned into because when manifestation doesn't work, you're like, what? what's the reality here, right? The reality is, is that not doing the work doesn't get you closer to your dream life. It doesn't get you closer to being fulfilled. It doesn't get you closer to feeling safe in your emotions. And it doesn't bring you a life of growth and expansion and prosperity and abundance and fulfillment doing the manifestation works gets you there. Mm-hmm. And that might not look like your timeline. It might not look exactly how you manifest it in your mind, but it will get you as close as possible to there. Mm-hmm. So when I get upset that manifestation doesn't work, it's like what well, you just don't do the work and you don't get closer to your goals, right? right? There's a really big humbling moment that like manifestation is incredible. It's how I built this life. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't mean that you didn't believe you were worthy of it. 
it probably just means that the timing of life and business and reality and the universe is planned for you because we're co-creating puts you on a detour towards something else that eventually you will understand why that happened to you. Mm -hmm. But I think it's a little bit dangerous and I'm starting to see the dangers because I fell into it. That if something doesn't actually manifest into our reality, it means that we believe we're not worthy of it because I don't believe that's true. I think that we need to take the load off the perfectionism when it comes to this and allow for the universe to influence certain areas and change and reorder things based upon our highest potential. And we need to get out of our own way and know that our plan might not be the highest plan for ourselves. Yeah. And to get back on the saddle and to keep doing the affirmations and to keep doing the meditations because that's what keeps you fulfilled and aligned but to also let a little bit go because co-creating means that 30% is out of our control and it's the universe's job to fill that 30% in. And we have to trust that whatever it gives us is meant for us for a reason. Yeah. Oh my God. I've been leaning into that so much lately because I ended up manifesting literally the opposite of something in a very big way <laughs> that I was like so excited about. And, um, I really at first like well that was the th okay this is the thing that I actually am so excited about manifestation for this work cultivating a manifestation mindset which for me really involves trusting the universe and you know trusting the timing the plan and everything like I was so stable throughout something that was extremely difficult and devastating that happened recently and I was like I was not this person even three years ago even two years ago like yeah I would I would have been a fucking mess like on the floor crying incapable not getting out of bed and this work has left me so empowered but I I really leaned into that and I actually like literally last night last night no the Monday night I finally got so much clarity and I was like oh my god like this has this actually had to happen for me to step more into my perfect purpose in a specific way and to actually get more clear on my messaging and my direction with my content. And like, yeah. I was just all, all I've been seeing all the amazing things. And so it's like, if it's not what we want, like trusting that there is a reason and that like, you're right, there is a higher power that is working with us and they see everything from up here and we just see it, you know, from down here. And sometimes we're missing things and it's, it's, you're right. That's not that we fucked up. Cause I was like, where did I go wrong? What did I do? <laughs> like, did I, like I, I was vibrating so high and then I was like, no, like it, I, I didn't do anything wrong. I was, this yeah. was supposed to pan out. Yep. Amen. And within that, like, you're probably like me, like I ask for a lot of things. Like I'm manifesting like 10 things at once. So sometimes like I was thinking about it, I was like, okay, that manifestation didn't come true, but I bet you it was in support of my bigger real manifestation that I really want to come true. Like if you asked me between A or B and my manifestations, which one I would want to come true, uh, like the one that didn't come true was not the one that I would have preferred over, like if I had to take one, right? So I'm like, oh, the universe is probably rearranging so that the big one comes true because that's the one that really matters to me. So when we're manifesting a million bajillion things at the same time, the universe has got to be like, girl, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna, let me prioritize one and let's do the one that's actually going to push your life forward. Yeah. Yeah. But, but also like to your point though, like you choosing to see it through that lens is so is empowering. <laughs> 
Because like, even if it is a placebo effect, quote unquote, like, which I don't think it is, but like, even if it was like, I just believing having this belief system now for myself, I have stepped so much more into my power, created so much more joy and happiness and fulfillment, done so much more with my life than if I had chosen to keep the other belief system that I had before this. So like, (laughs) Uh oh, a thousand percent. I mean, like I could have been like, I'm the victim, I'm this, I'm not, it doesn't work. I'm quitting, blah, 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 blah. I let myself have a temper tantrum for like five days, got back on the saddle and I was like, we're moving forward. So like, listen, at the end of the day, if I die and I'm like, oh, none of this was real. Like literally none of this was real. Like there's no universe, there's no God, there's no law of attraction, none of this. Yeah. I will be so grateful that I believed in it because it does propel your life forward. It does propel your life forward. The other alternative is sitting in your ego, sitting in victimhood mentality, sitting in complacency, sitting in, you know, lost dreams, regret, right? And like, that is just, it's just, uh, I don't want that. Like, I'm okay. So even if this isn't true, and I always tell people this who are skeptical, like, it doesn't matter if it's true. I'm not here trying to like, prove that the universe exists or that the law of attraction exists. All I know is that when I follow this belief system and when I follow these steps, my life is better. I have healthier relationships to my emotions. I have healthier relationships to my business, to my significant other, to my baby, to my family, to my friends, and my life grows because of it, right? And so that's enough for me to continue on this path because the other option just, it doesn't seem great. Nope. It's not great. I lived in that my whole life. And it sounds like you did the most of us too. And we saw yeah, that. It's not great. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. a really empowering note to, <laughs> to end on. It's true. Yeah. It's really tied that up with a bow real nice. I know. I know. I mean, it's just, uh, I, I just, I'm so grateful for this work for all of it, the healing, but especially the mindset stuff. And, um, you know, also grateful for having other women, in my life, on my journey, like, I think we manifested each other completely. And, um, (laughs) uh, which is why I do believe in the universe. It's, you know, when you, you think about all the synchronicities and the way things just do fall together and happen. And when, when you're in magic, when you're in that magical, like state that you were talking about for me, I, I see it when I'm in that state and, you know, it's, it's because of the beliefs. Listen, I'm trying to be your friend IRL, but it hasn't worked out yet, but it'll work out for us too. I know. I know you guys will all see on, on stories, I'm sure. And, um, report back, but I, we're going to manifest meeting in person soon. But in the meantime, I'm so grateful that, you know, to have you on the podcast, so grateful for how you mentored me last fall. And, um, just so grateful that for all the wisdom you shared today. And I hope that people just take a lot from this conversation, especially not feeling alone because, you know, this stuff is all hard. And I think, going back to quickly to one thing you said earlier about how your staff sees you and how other people see you. I think we perceive people so different than, you know, we, we just see the external and what they're showing, but we don't see this stuff that's happening on the back end. but this is the stuff that makes the difference and that makes us who we are and makes us successful and leaders and empowering and, um, you know, doing what we're doing in big ways. Yeah. That's why I love podcasts. You get to like really go there. Amen. Same. That's why I wanted to start one. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scout, where can you so much? Oh my gosh. Thank you. And where can everybody find you? Obviously I'll, I'll have everything in the show notes, but for those listening, where can people find you if they want to check you out? You can find me on Instagram at Scout Tobel. Everything's in my bio or in my LinkedIn bio um, or my business at Scout Agency. That's the best place. I love it. 
Awesome, guys. Well, check her out. Check out her podcast, The Emotional Entrepreneur. And I still need to get your book that is on my to read list. Um, but I know it'll be as good as all of your Emotional Entrepreneur podcast episodes. And uh, yeah, excited to to see what we both manifest this summer. Yeah, me too. Thank you, love.